Thank you for joining us today. If you don't know us, my name is Sarah and this is Micah and we're the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Kennewick, Washington. So um, this last week we had an opportunity to go camping and uh, we had a ton of fun at Ohanapakash and one day we were down by the river and uh, we each probably had our own agenda, our own <laughs> goals in that. Some of us wanted to sit and have conversation uh, some of us wanted to adventure out into the water. And um, as you can imagine, a high altitude river uh, is incredibly cold. You Ice know, cold. It's the kind of water that you step in and it feels <laughs> like your feet are on fire and you rush out because you just can't bear that feeling much mm -hmm. longer, right? Well, I was uh, I was fly fishing and I had just caught a beautiful little trout. At this point, I knew where the fish were biting and I was excited to be fly fishing again. And so um, uh, a friend whose family was camping there uh, in the campground as well, he had uh, swam across this mm -hmm. river uh, with two of his boys. And um, that's the last thing on earth, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to be doing in water this moment. was really, really cold. <laughs> yeah, but one of my daughters had uh, had she'd done it. She yeah. had swam across. Now, granted, you're probably only in, in the water for about thirty seconds mm -hmm. through this whole process, but it is thirty agonizing, shocking seconds of your life. My other daughter had wandered out a little ways into the water and backed off, and she was sitting on a rock with mom, feeling pretty defeated, uh, mm -hmm. feeling. Um, uh, pretty sad about not being able to to do that. And so Sarah called me over and she said, Micah, it is time to engage. And uh, I knew what she meant uh, by it's time to engage. She meant it's time for you to swim <laughs> in that river. In my defense, I did offer to go halfway with her to get wet up to my waist and then just like push her across the part where you have to like swim and get wet all over. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it was time for me to swim. So uh, so we got out into the water and uh, we got deep enough. The current is really strong. And I, I said, it's time to go, time to swim. And we had made a commitment. Mm -hmm. Once we get out there, we're doing this. And um, uh, I said, it's time to swim. And she said, now? And she starts <laughs> turning around. And I said, yeah, now. And I gave her a little push. And uh, off she went. Uh, she went swimming hard for the other side. And I followed her over there and we got to the other side and got out freezing cold and still in shock, but um, a sense of mm. uh, excitement and, and confidence. Like we had accomplished this and I was so proud of her in that moment. And, uh, you know, having not wanted to engage in that moment, it was such a blessing and beautiful connection and opportunity mm. uh, once I stepped into that moment. And today we're going to look at a story mm -hmm. in which uh, Jesus encounters a situation where there's conflicting interest, where his disciples are like, this is not the time or place to mm -hmm. engage. Uh, and yet Jesus mm -hmm. sees an opportunity in the moment. Love it. So let's read together. We're going to read the story of Jesus welcoming the little children. And it's from Ma Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. And here's how the story goes. Jesus, uh, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. 
When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter it. And then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. You know, in, in Israel, um, it was common. Uh, this was a fairly mm-hmm. common circumstance as uh, early in a child's life, they would be uh, brought to the temple and dedicated and there were ceremonies involved with that. And can you imagine this opportunity as people in a remote place realize a rabbi, Jesus has come nearby. And so they begin to flock to mm-hmm. Jesus with their children asking, will you lay a hand on my child? Will you pray mm-hmm. over my child? What a beautiful opportunity for them. And yet I can kind of see um, the uh, the other side of the story. The disciples are saying there's important ministry and things to be doing in this moment. And so they begin to push the people back saying, this is not the time or the place. Jesus Mm -hmm. has more important things to do uh, than to pray for your children. So the disciples rebuke the parents that are bringing the kids. And and they're expressing this cultural norm that um, the children in that society in that time were held a very low position. Children weren't highly regarded. And so for them, the rabbi was way too important and way too busy doing other things to be bothered with these children. And and this is such an important moment in the story because the disciples had a distinct role here, a distinct job, and they totally missed it. Their job was not to decide who got to approach Jesus and who didn't. Their role in this moment was to welcome whoever was coming to Jesus, to welcome them into his presence. And so when Jesus sees the disciples' attitude and them shooing off the parents and the children, he's indignant. He's frustrated with his disciples because this is not how it was supposed to be. Yeah. Can you imagine having the time, the awareness, mm-hmm. um, and the desire to engage in any moment with those that came into your presence. And I continue to fall more and more in love with the character mm-hmm. of Jesus as I read scripture, um, to see his ability to uh, to see people, uh, whoever they might be, and to engage in that moment. And so in this story, Jesus says, let the children come to me. He sees a teachable moment, an opportunity to reshape the perspective of the parents, the children, his disciples. And he says, let those children come to me. This is what's important in this moment, because this is who is standing before us. This is who is approaching us, coming towards it. Uh, He says, do not hinder people as they come towards me. And I've been reflecting this week on on that idea of do not hinder. What Mm. are some of the barriers that we put in the way of people Mm. approaching the feet of Jesus, receiving his loving arms as they come near? But Jesus' character, his heart in this moment, do not hinder them, let those children come to me. And then Jesus says, for the kingdom of God, 
belongs to such as these, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And we've talked a lot about the kingdom of God. Jesus speaks of this kingdom or the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven often. And it's simply God's reign and rule in our lives. And as he's saying this, the kingdom of God uh, belongs to such as these. I, I think back on all the times that I've entered a friend's home for the first time or an acquaintance's home for the first time and, and just observed the interactions, observed um, the feel of the place, the norm of that household and how things function. It's as if each family has their own little culture, that as you enter that home, you feel it. And here Jesus is describing that culture of the kingdom of God, the, the household of God. And he says that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, such as these little children coming to me. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, and you too must receive this mm-hmm. kingdom like a child. And I think this might be a little convoluted. Like what exactly does it mean to receive the kingdom of God like a child? Uh, the first thing I think of when I think of children is their dependence. When a child is born into this world, um, they, they can't do anything for themselves. They're entirely dependent upon their parents for their food uh, and for their cleanliness and everything that they're experiencing. Do you remember life. that moment when we had our kids and we realized that, oh, like yeah. we they're dependent on us. Yes. Like we have to do, we have to do this. <laughs> That's correct. And a child in that moment yeah. doesn't have any choice. Mm-hmm. They are entirely dependent upon their parents. And yet as a child grows, they begin to gain independence. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes in our spiritual journey, uh, we too start to lean into independence. Like I know what I need to do. I know the things I need to know about faith. And we begin to live much more independently. And Jesus is describing for us here um, a reawakening, um, an invitation to realize our dependence upon God and to lean upon him instead of our own ways or our own understandings. Yes. So, so the kingdom of God belongs to those like little children. So dependence is one. I think another characteristic is is surrender. And it's similar to dependence. You know, once a kid is born, I mean, they're completely surrendered to um, the guardian or to the to the parent. But surrender um, changes as a child grows. It's it's more of a choice. Kids get to choose whether or not they surrender. I think of the stages of growth, you know, from infant all the way to teen and young adult. And there's this dynamic, um, sometimes this is a tension of um, the child figuring out what who they are and what they believe and what they want. And then knowing what the, the parent or the guardian wants and, and this figuring out, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to make my decisions? What am I going to surrender to? What am I going to choose? What am I going to yield to? And I think as a parent, that's part of our, our big part of our job is teaching our children how to make good choices in those moments. Um, I, I finished a book recently called Surrender to Love by David Benner, a great book. And, and in this book, David Benner, he states that there's nothing more important in life than learning to love and to be loved. 
And he describes the Christian walk as learning to surrender to God and God is love. So we're learning to surrender to love and, and, and twofold in being loved to, 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 to take away the barriers that we put up and allow God to really love us, allow his love to transform us and then to love others as God has loved us. So part of being a little child in the kingdom of God is, is just surrendering to God and his love. Yeah. So to be a part of this kingdom, we need to receive it like a child and it revolves around dependence. It revolves around surrender, but what would enable us to surrender Mm -hmm. ourselves to God? And I think it's a trust. Mm -hmm. Trust is central to this concept of engaging this kingdom of God. And, you know, I think of a a child uh, again, and the subject of trust, like, what happens when a child is scared? Um, it's happened many times <laughs> in our lives that we're asleep in bed yep. and it sounds as though a train <laughs> is rolling through our house, but it's not. It's the feet of our children running towards our room, terrified in, in a pitch black house. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they miss the coffee table, but they make it to that door and they're terrified. And what do we do? We mm-hmm. pick our children up and we carry them to their beds and we lay down mm-hmm. with them and we talk with them and we tell them it's going to be okay. In those mm-hmm. moments of fear, in those moments of anxiety in life, it is a trust in God that enables us to go running towards him, mm-hmm. to, to find in him our safety and to find in him the solutions. And so Jesus says, after he says that the kingdom of God belongs to those who approach like a little child, he he invites the children, the parents to bring the children up to him. And he takes the children in his arms and he places his hands on them as was custom. And he prays for them. He blesses the children. And in this moment, it's it's a beautiful moment in which Jesus demonstrates how people are valued in the kingdom of God. He treats these children who in this society have a very low position. He treats them with dignity and with love and with compassion by taking them up in his arms and praying for them. And I can't help but think of all the the endless times that I held our babies when they were little. And and those years were a bit of a whirlwind because they were so busy and, and so active. But there were these quiet moments in which um, we got to really glimpse the profound uh, love of God, just the depth of love. I remember holding our babies and just watching them sleep and their little faces would make expressions while they slept and they'd make these little noises. And at times I'd just be hit by this this wave of love. And it's like, oh, how I love these tiny little humans and how I would do anything for them. And I picture that moment as Jesus calls the children to him, as he picks them up and he prays for them and he talks to them. Jesus is demonstrating his love for all of his little children. 
you know, there's another there's another quote in in Matthew when Jesus is in Jerusalem and he sees Jerusalem. He says, "Oh, how I long to gather you like a, ch- a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. I just want to hold you close." Mm-hmm. And that's this moment where Jesus says, "You are loved." He demonstrates, "You are loved," and I want to hold you close. So as we zoom out and look at the text. Uh, for today, here's what I'm gleaning, what I'm what I'm mm-hmm. seeing in it. Uh, the kingdom of God operates in a unique way, and those that might be overlooked by society hold remarkable value mm-hmm. in God's kingdom. That we can learn from those that are different than us or undervalued, uh, and that Jesus' invitation is to everyone, including those that might be marginalized mm-hmm. or or vulnerable. Yes. And so Jesus invites us in this story to come to him as little children. He invites us to come depending on him and surrendering to him and trusting in him. And it's it's not a one time thing. I know for for my life and, and for for those um, people that I've walked with, it's this ongoing invitation and this ongoing process that requires us to lay down um, our independence and our self-sufficiency and to daily choose to be dependent on Jesus, to daily choose to surrender and to trust to him. And, and as little children, as we come to him, Jesus holds out his arms of love ready to draw us in. And as we experience coming to Jesus as little children, he also invites us to extend our arms out to others. As he extends his arms in love towards us to be welcoming of others and to love others with the love that he has shown us. So our invitation for today is twofold. One, to come to Jesus as little children and two, to extend open arms to others. Now let's pray about that. God, we thank you for this day and a time that we can look at your word. Um, and God, we pray that you will help us uh, to approach Jesus. Um, we are thankful for your open arms and your invitation to each of us. And God, may we approach as a child in humility and trust and appreciation. And God, may we learn to open our arms to others uh, as you have opened your arms to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Every week we uh, throw out a song, if you'd like to listen to it, that goes with the message. And this week we want to share with you Jesus Loves Me by Chris Tomlin. And I love the chorus. It has a very simple chorus, um, but I feel like it's just so profound. The chorus says that Jesus loves me. He is for me. He is for us and he wants us to experience his love. So if you have a minute or two, take a listen to that song. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We love you guys uh, and pray Mm -hmm. blessings for the week to come. Bye, everyone.